So I don't know about you, but I actually I know about you because I think this is a common ground that every single human being has, which is that we tend to be forgetful, that we tend to forget forget things. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. if you think that you are like the smartest individual or if you are not as smart, if you are just like me, uh, that in between, sometimes depending on the day, I change sides. Uh, but we tend to forget things. And growing up, before the days of Hey Siri and the days of, uh, you know, Alexa, we used to, we had to be creative in how we will remember things. And one of the things we would do was that we would tie something on our fingers or put something on our fingers so that throughout the day, if there was a task that we needed to remember, by looking at it, we knew, okay, I have to do this. I have to make sure that I do this before I take this off my finger. For other people, it may have been a post-it note that you will put on your bathroom meter. I just found out that somebody did this. It may, it may be that's you too, that you will leave a, a, a drawer open in your house so that when you came home and you will see that door or that drawer open, it will remind you of something. Nonetheless, as human beings, we tend to forget. In fact, some of the most common things that we forget will be like your password. Think about that account that you have on, you know, your, um, whether it's on Old Navy, Target, or another website that you don't regularly uh, visit, but that time that when you go back, you open it and it asks for your account and for your password and you don't remember. Or maybe it is that the fact that your car keys or your remote controller, why is it, why is it that any time that you need those two things the most, they just never there? That when you're running late for work or the, the Browns game is going to start or something's going to come up on the TV and you're trying to find those two things, you cannot tend to find it. Maybe it is that you're rushed and you're distracted and you misplace them. Maybe it is that you don't realize what, that you're going to need it that quick so you just leave it somewhere and don't remember. But the tendency of forgetting. Now, this was something that I only thought that me as a teenager will have, will have to deal with it. But I also deal with it even as a married man, which is defrosting the chicken. How many of you, when you're sitting home and, you know, I think it happened most with the husband, but that we are sitting there or your mom will call you or your wife will call you and say, hey, can you get the chicken out of the fridge so that we can, so it can be ready when you cook? And if you're anything like me, I will get caught up on anything else but getting the chicken out. And then I will do what I think is a prof move, which is to run, you know, normally they'll give you a call, hey, is the chicken ready? Or, hey, I'm coming home, I'm five minutes out. And you will do what maybe what I do, which is to run to the, grab the kitchen, put it under hot boiling water to make sure that it's the thaw, but not, not cooked. It's like a balance there. But then there are things that are more important that we forget, like our wedding anniversaries, our kid's birthday our spouse's birthday. Now, I know that here in Marinette that that does not happen. So you can go ahead and ask your spouse and your children when their birth, if they know your birthday, and you will see that they'll get it. So go ahead, do it. No, just kidding. Don't do it. We want to make sure we get to Sunday, all right? But nonetheless, there are things that we experience, there are things that we face that we tend to forget. And then are, there are those pivotal moments in our life, things that teach us something, things that we experience, things that are for better or for worse, that they mark us, that they leave a mark in us. And yet, as time goes by, as we distance ourselves from those events, we tend to forget. Now, when it comes to Good Friday and Easter, I love the fact that it's a tradition that one Sunday and one Friday of a year, we dedicate to remember. That there is one 
Friday and one Sunday a year that we make it a purpose to look at the events of the cross and at the events of the, crucif- the, events of the resurrection. That is a scheduled reminder for us every year to look in depth what Jesus did for us on the cross and how he rose from the dead. But my hope is that here at Maranatha, that for us as believers, that tonight and Sunday is not a scheduled reminder, but instead a more like a scheduled celebration. Because everyone here in this room is passionate and excited and it makes it a purpose every single day to remember what Jesus did for us on the cross. How he was buried and how three days later he rose from the dead. But tonight, as we look at the events of the cross, we're going to be opening our passage in the book of Mark, chapter 15. So if you have your Bibles, Mark, chapter 15, the verses would also be in the screen. Mark, chapter 15, verse 16, it says this. And the soldiers led him away inside the palace, that is the governor's headquarters, and they called together the whole battalion And they clothed him in a purple cloak, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on him. And they began to salute him, Hail the king of the Jews. And they were striking his head with a reed and spitting on him, and kneeling down in homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the purple cloak and put his own clothes on him. And they led him out to crucify him. And they compel a passby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. And they brought him to the place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull. And they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him and divided his garments among them, casting lots for them to decide what each should take. And it was the third hour, the third hour when they crucified him. And the inscription of the charge against him read, the king of the Jews. And with him they crucified two robbers, one of his right hand and one of his left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, Aha, you who will destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes mock him to one another, saying, He save others, he can save himself. Let the Christ, the king of the Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those who were crucified with him also reviled him. Verse 33, and when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lema sabatani, which means my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it, behold, he is calling Elijah. And someone ran and filled a sponge with sour wine and put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink, saying, wait, let us see whether Elijah will come down and take him down. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, truly, This man was the son of God. That is the event of the cross. Thankfully, we know that it didn't end there. We know that Sunday is truly coming, but this is the event of the cross. This is why we dedicate a night of a year for us to 
think and discuss and study in depth what Jesus had to endure on the cross. But like I said earlier, it should be our desire as believers not to wait just once Friday to remember, but make it a purpose to remember every single day of our life. And for us to be able to do that, we have to understand why this was necessary. You see, you don't value something if you don't see the importance of it. You won't value an individual. You won't value a possession. You won't value something unless you know the significance of it. Which is why you see that in Romans 3.23, Paul will say this, for the wages of sin is death. But prior to that, sorry, that was in Romans 6.23. In Romans 3.23, he will say, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now let that sink in. That's a verse that if you've been in church long enough, you'd most likely read it, heard it, or even used it with somebody. But put yourself in that verse. Because that verse is talking about you. It's talking about me. For all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. No exception. This verse right here, it says what it says, that all, every single one of us in this room have sin in our life, that every single one of us has this sinful nature, this very thing that opposes God, this very thing that separates us from God, this very thing that has created beings forces you and me to do the things that God does not want us to do, the things that does not please him, that sin, the very nature that every day we wrestle with. The very thing that again separates us from a loving Father and a holy God. Sin, the thing that every single one of us possess. For all have sinned. You and I, without exception, no matter how old, how young, how smart, how not so smart, how many, how accomplished, how less accomplished, it does not matter. All of us have sinned. And because we have sinned, we fall sure of the glory of God. This means that you and I have no reason to be to boast. That there is nothing that you and I can come before God and say, hey God, look, this is what I have for you. Hey God, because of this, I deserve that. I deserve salvation because of who I am, because of what I have accomplished, because of my personality, because of my career, because of the things that I was able to do in my world. Here they are, God, and I deserve this. None of us deserve anything because we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And then he says in Romans 6.23 that the wages of sin is death. If it is true that you and I have sinned, which it is, And if it is true that you and I fall short of the glory of God, which it is, then this means that the wages of sin is dead. It means that you and I truly, what you and I deserve as a penalty for our nature, as a penalty for our behaviors, as a penalty for the actions that we're going to do and have done, is death. That there's a penalty for us as creating beings to oppose God. For the wages of sin is death. Let that sink in. Us, as human beings, as creative beings, there is nothing good that we can show for ourselves. 
There is nothing that we need to make ourselves feel proud of because the reality is, is that you and I, without exception, are, have sin in our life, have sin, and fall short of the glory of God. And the penalty of death is because of sin. Something needs to take place. Something needs to happen so that us as broken individuals, as us that have been separated from God, something needs to take place so that we can have a relationship with him. Something needs to take place so that that which was broken because of sin can now be restored, which enter the cross. The cross of Jesus. The cross, the journey that Jesus did not have to endure, and yet while you and I were sinners, he was willing to die for us. And so it was because of your sin and my sin that he came into this world, took on the form of a man, lived the life that you and I were to live. Yet as he faced struggles, as he faced temptation, he never sinned. Not only that, because of your sin and my sin, we're told that he, was, uh, he, he, he came to seek and to save those that were lost. And yes, it was those that were lost that reviled him. It was those that were lost that make fun of him. It was those that were lost that hated him. And he endured that because of our sin. Because we fell short of the glory of God. But it doesn't end there. Because of our sin... We're told that as he's getting ready to take on this journey, after he just had a great, a great meal with his disciples, one which we're going to celebrate tonight, the communion, that as he had, after he had that time with him, he'd find himself praying. And the weight of what was going to happen was heavy on him. It was so much so that he pleaded with the Father and he said, Father, if there's any other possible way, and I'm paraphrasing, but if there's any other possible way, that the redemption to this world can take place, that forgiveness can be found, that restoration can happen for those that have sinned. If there's any other possible way, let this cup pass from me. But let your will be done. And we're told that as he continues to pray earnestly, this weight of the fact that he was going to be taking on the, the whole sin of the world in his shoulders, and he was going to be nailed on the cross because of that. We're told that he started to, as he's praying, he started to sweat blood. He started to sweat drops of, uh, uh, drops of blood. That was the excruciating tension that he was dealing with because of the wrath of God that he was going to endure shortly after. But the cross, the journey of the cross does not end there. Because of your sin and my sin, he was betrayed by one of his closest friends, one that followed him for three years and a half, one that was a leader for in the, his group. He, with a kiss, he signaled him out in front of all of those that were out to hurt him. But the betrayal of his friend, one that should have known better. But he endured that because you and I have fallen short of the glory of God because sin separate us from God. So the journey of the cross do not, does not end there. We're told that as he continues, one of his other closest disciples, one that it was a leader, and one that will later on be a leader for the church, denies him not one time, not two times, but three times. 
as he is ready to take on the form of one that did not deserve death. And as he was taken on the journey of the cross, he was again betrayed by one that was fall of him. But the journey of the cross does not end there. Because of your sin and my sin, Jesus endured a mockery of a trial where he was presented against a crowd. And even after he was found no guilty, even after they talk and discuss and they realize that this was an innocent man. And even though there was an opportunity for them to release an actual criminal, one that had a reputation of, a re of being rebellious, one that had the reputation of being a murderer, they had an opportunity to either release Jesus, the, the son of the living God, the one that had no sin, the one that was innocent, or Barabbas, a clear-cut criminal who deserved any kind of punishment because of the decisions that he had made. And yet, because of your sin and my sin, they chose Barabbas instead of Jesus. And as he's ridiculed in the crowd, a, thorn, a crown of thorn is put on his head. He is beaten, he's mud, and as we just read, he's spit on. He endured all of those things because of your sin and because of my sin, because the wages of sin is death. There is a penalty that needed to take place, and you and I are not sufficient to pay that penalty. So somebody that was actually sufficient had to endure a journey and make that payment so that you and I today and every day of our life could have a relationship with him. But the journey of the cross did not end there. We're told that he's going to pick up his cross And as he's carrying his cross and being held by an individual named Simon, that those that he came to seek and to save were screaming and yelling, crucify him, crucify him. The same individuals that he will die for, the same individuals that he will forgive, the same individuals who he will say, Father, do not hold anything against him for they don't know what they're doing. Crucify him, crucify him. He had to endure that because of your sin, because of my sin. For we all have fallen short of the glory of God. And the penalty of sin is death. But the journey of the cross did not end there. And he's nailed to the cross. We get a glimpse of that which we talk, which is the wrath of God fully displayed on him, fully on him as he is crucified on the cross. We, get, we see him scream, we see him crying out loud saying, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? Eloi, Eloi, lema sabatani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? As he is enduring the sin of every one of us in this room. All and young, because of our sin, because we all have sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. And for the wages of sin is death. But the journey of the cross did not end there. As he was hanging on the cross, he would have another cry. 
a cry that resonated then and a cry that from that moment on has resonated for the rest of history. Today and every single day, a cry that would declare that finally for the first time ever, that journey of the cross, that, that, that relation thing that was broken because of them, that is bondage and slavery to, thing, to sin, the necessity that each of us had for a Savior had now had been met in the fact that Jesus died on the cross and as he is hanging on the cross, he will scream and say, it is finished. The wages of sin of those of us, of every single one of us, the wages of sin, that thing that you and I have, the fact that every single one of us without excuse possess our nature, the things that we do every single day that opposes God, those very things he was nailed on the cross and he paid it all as he exclaimed and says, it is finished. That what was necessary since you and I have fallen short of the glory of God, since you and I sin, and the penalty of sin is death, someone had to pay the price. Enter Jesus. That while you and I were sinners, that while you and I did not deserve any of this, that while you and I had nothing to bring to the table, that there was no reason why he had to do that except for the fact that he is a gracious and loving father. He did so, and he did so willingly so that you and I can know and experience eternal life. That the penalty that was due for you and I was paid on the cross. This is the journey of the cross. The great news of it is that it, does, it did not end on the cross. And it did not end on the tomb as Sunday will come. But this was necessary so that every single one of us could experience salvation. That why, that's why the, the event of the cross was necessary. This is what Paul later on would say in Colossians. We will say this because the wages of sin is dead. We see in Jesus... That the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And in light of this, in Colossians, Paul will say, And you who were dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcisions of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all of our trespasses, every single one of them, past, present, future, by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with his legal demand, this he set aside as he nailed it on the cross. This was the event of the cross. That each of us in this room, without excuse, without anything to justify ourselves, the only thing that we can bring to our table is our sin nature. And yet, despite all of that, we find ourselves with a father that is quick to love, a father that is quick to embrace, a father that is quick to forgive those who seek him because through his son Jesus that debt that each of us owed that penalty that each of us required was covered and paid it all when Jesus was nailed on the cross the events of the cross was necessary it was a necessary event because through his death the sin of all who believe, past, present, and future, have been fully paid and forgiven. 
That is why we dedicate a day of our year to celebrate. But as believers, as Christians, we have a tendency to forget. And something as big and as serious and as important as the cross should never be forgotten. The events of the cross should be in the very front of our minds. That, that which Jesus did for you and me should be something that we remember every single day of our life. The cross, again, reminds us that the way of salvation is through the exclusive work of Jesus. That the way of salvation is through the exclusive work of Jesus. This means, once again, that there is nothing that you and I could do ever to grant us access to eternal life. That there's nothing that you and I could ever do despite, about, despite what religions say, despite of what individuals may say. There is nothing that you and I could ever do to earn salvation because we all have sin and fall short of the glory of God. And the penalty of our sin means death. But through his love and through his grace, we find that free gift of eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord. It also reminds us that there's nothing that we can do or show for, our say, for ourselves to obtain it. There's nothing. We need to get ourselves down from that high horse where we think that we are better than what we actually are because the reality is we are not better. We all, have, we all share one common ground, which is that we are all sinners. And as such, there is nothing that we can do a show for ourselves, which is why we need, we desperately need a savior. We desperately need somebody that is, was willing or that would be willing to sacrifice himself and to be someone that was able to pay the price, but not just pay the price, but pay it in full. Someone that was capable to pay and forgive all the debt and the things that you and I owe. Someone like Jesus, the Son of God. Someone who lived life without sin. Someone that he got rid of himself and was willing to die on the cross for your sin and my sin. This is why we desperately need a Savior. Which is also why, why we have been given way more than we deserve. What we truly deserve... What you and I truly deserve is the penalty of death. And yet we find ourselves a father that while we were still sinner, he died for us. And through his death and resurrection, we have access not only to forgiveness, but a relationship with God. We find abundance of life. We find eternal life. We have gotten way more than we deserve. And because we have gotten way more than we deserve, such display of grace and love deserves our most committed devotion. Maranatha Bible Church, let us not be a church that has to wait for Easter Friday, for Good Friday and Easter Sunday to remember. Let us be a church that every single one of us, we make it our purpose early in the morning and throughout our day to remember what had to take place so that you and I will be able to live the life that was meant to be lived. Maranatha Baba Church, let us be a church that we are so committed to the gospel that we understand, as Paul will later on understand too, that it is the power for salvation for anyone who believes that there is nothing that he will boast opposed, uh, uh, nothing that he will boast uh, except for the cross. 
that the only thing that we can boast about, the only thing that we should be proud of is the fact that we do have a loving father. That I was, you and I were that prodigal son who went out and spent all the great things that he has given us freely. Although we went out and lived the life that we wanted to live, he was still willing to forgive and to embrace us and to celebrate that what was lost is now found. That is the father that we have. That is the God that we honor. That's the God that we celebrate. That while each of us here were sinners and fell short of the glory of God. And that although we deserve the penalty of death, Christ paid it all and paid it in full. It is finished. Not just then, not just today, but for the rest of history. That we can have a relationship with our Father because of what Jesus did on the cross. So let us not forget it. In a second, a few minutes, we're gonna transition into a time where we're gonna take on the, on the supper. If you're here and you did not grab one of these, make sure that you raise your hand after I get out. Actually, you may be able to do it now. Just raise your hand if you did not receive one of these. One of our ushers, ushers will help you. Uh, we'll get that to you. But this is a great time to remember if you have been someone just like me who tends to forget, and maybe you have forgotten the cross and what it meant and what it took place so that you could be here tonight and enjoy abundance of life, may take this time to meditate and to think about it. Man at the Baba Church, once again, there is nothing that you and I would have ever done or could do or have done to deserve what we got. Yet, we come here together and celebrate and worship and sin and remember the fact that we have a loving Father that did not give us what we deserve, but quite the opposite, gave us way more than what we deserve, gave His own Son so that through His Son and through His sacrifice on the cross and His resurrection, each of us here today can have eternal life. We don't need something like this to remember because we can make it a purpose every single day of our life to remember that Jesus Christ died for our sin and that three days later, he rose from the dead. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for the fact that you were willing to send your son for us. Father, we do not deserve it yet you still did it. Father, let us not forget. Let us not think of ourselves too highly or too better, Lord, but to be encouraged and to be challenged to recognize that a part of you, Lord, there is nothing good in us. That the only thing, the only good thing in our life, truly the only good thing in our life is our relationship with you, Lord, and I pray, Father, that we will never forget. Father, I also pray that if there's anyone here tonight that they're still dealing with, with sin, that they have not embraced that free gift, that that penalty that has been paid on their behalf, that they have not embraced that, Lord, I pray that whether it's tonight, tomorrow, or even Sunday, if they come back, Lord, that you would encourage them and challenge them, Lord, to believe, to embrace, to recognize their necessity for the gospel and how you have made that available for them, Lord. Thank you for who you are, and thank you for what you have done for us. We pray this in your name.